welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I invite you to join me as we explore what it looks like to choose joy in the messy middle while embracing the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to find joy in your every day. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to episode 273 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week's show is a very special interview with Marsha Flowers of Five Blessings Candles in Leavenworth, Kansas. Marsha has been an entrepreneur for years, making candles and creating happiness in a flicker with unique scents and joyful names. She has had both a brick and mortar version of her business, and she does all of her ordering and business now online. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. It is such a treat to have Marsha on the show. Before we get to the interview, I want to wish you all a very warm welcome and say happy Thanksgiving. I hope you are having or had a wonderful day and you were able to count your own blessings today in some special and meaningful way. If you are new to Jumpstart Your Joy, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're curious about the show or about myself, you can find everything you need to know over at the website, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you want to find the show notes for this episode where I link back to Marsha's amazing candles, where you can buy them and find out more about her and especially check out the, the most delicious scents, which are Clean Undies, Hayride, and You're the Boss, Applesauce. Those are my three favorites right now. You can find the show notes for this episode over at the site at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 273. And also, if you like what you hear on the podcast and you want to subscribe, you can subscribe to Jumpstart Your Joy on Amazon Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. All you do is search for Jumpstart Your Joy in your app and then hit subscribe. And if you would leave a rating and review, that would really be amazing. I love hearing from all of you and it really brightens my day. So this is such a special interview. Marsha and her sister Lori began pouring candles in their garage in 1993 to make a little money while their kids were small. Four years later, their business had grown to the point where Marsha opened a storefront in Weston, Missouri, where they sold their hand-poured candles. Their original name was Two Blessings, and as they added more blessings to their family, also known as children, they changed their business name with each child and finally landed on Five Blessings Candleworks. My family used to visit Marsha in her shop each year in Weston, Kansas, when we visited my parents in Kansas City. I have very fond memories of taking car rides with my entire family out to Weston, Missouri, and then heading on to Atchison, Kansas, <laughs> which is where my dad's family happens to be from. It was such a treat to get to meet Marsha back in those days, and it is such a real treat to get to catch up with her again and hear all that she has to say about starting her business how she's found joy in the messy middle, and what we all can do to establish new traditions in this holiday season. I just can't wait to jump to this conversation. Welcome to the show, Marsha. Thank you. It's great to be here. I am so delighted to have this conversation. So the first question that I ask everybody is, would you tell us about what you loved most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? Okay, so this is really funny. And my sister and I to this day joke about this. We do you know the the nursery rhyme the butcher the baker the candlestick maker yes you remember that nursery yeah. rhyme 
So we would get in knockdown drag out fights over who got to be the candlestick maker. <laughs> I mean, like, like we, as we're using our imagination and playing, I'm like, no, you're the butcher. And she's like, no, I'm the candlestick maker. And so it's really ironic to me that, that I knew that at three, I was already labeling myself and she's a candlestick maker too. But it's just funny to me that we used to fight over that. I look back on that. Had I, had I ended up being a physician or something, then there's not a rhyme. So here we are. And in Lawrence, Kansas is a, such a little hippie town. And there was a gentleman in Lawrence that his name is Waxman. His name's Bob Wirtz. And he owns a company called uh, Waxman Candles. Literally from, the, I think he began in 1972 or something like that. And he came to my kindergarten class and we made candles. And I just caught the bug then. I mean, it went away for a while growing up, but it, it definitely planted seeds of what I was going to do later on in life. So I'm, I feel happy that I'm able to create something that, that started so long ago. My niece is a, a really good athlete, both of my nieces. And, and I'm like, how did you know what you were good at at three? And then I was like, but wait a minute, I kind of knew what I was good at at kindergarten. I thought that there was a fight over the rhyme. That is really, really amazing. Who wants to be the butcher? You know, a close second is Baker. I can see where Baker would be good, but nobody wants to be the butcher. People that do, but not me. I don't want to be the butcher. That is so funny. It's interesting to hear people's answer to that question because... And I don't even know if I've ever really shared this too much, but my friends and my sister and I used to do a a fake radio show on our tape recorder. So I can see that there's like that nugget of things, even for myself, way back when. And it's like kind of the thing that I played at, but I wouldn't have guessed. (laughs) That's where I was headed. It does help you to connect you to that childlike joy of it, right? I I look back and go, hey, you thought about doing this. So it, it helps you see the seeds. And I wonder how many people had them planted early that aren't paying attention to what they're doing now and how that's tied in, right? Yeah. I mean, because I think there's that thing of some people really just do know that they want to be a doctor. And then there's a very linear path often to going that route. But then there's other things that are more of a creative nature or have an entrepreneurial bit to them. And we don't all get the teachings or the direction of how do you do that or how do you start that as we go through school? Like that's just not a similar thing. And at the same time, pay attention to what you know you didn't want to do. I did not want to slaughter animals. So that's amazing. that wasn't playing into it. Well, let's talk a little bit. You own a candle making business, Five Blessings Candles, and you have a very interesting beginning as to how you started your business. Could you share a little bit about how the journey began? Yes. Totally. My sister and I started making candles. We actually had a little booth at this crafters mall in Kansas City. We bought candles at wholesale and set them up in this booth. And at crafters mall had these little sections where this lady made pot holders and this lady made macrame and this gentleman did photography. And we were buying candles from a gal in Texas wholesale and then selling them retail at our booth. And this was 1993. And the internet wasn't available the way it is now. And so we just started tinkering around with it. And now you can go online and buy candle supplies. I mean, we didn't even know where to buy candle supplies at that point. And so I, there's a thing called the Thomas Register at the library. And it basically lists out manufacturers. And so I would go in there and try and find someone that, you know, made bulk amounts of wax and candle dyes and fragrances and all of those things. And 
we were completely just self-taught. And at the time we had two blessings. So my sister had a child and I had a child. And then every time we were blessed with a child, we went to three blessings, four blessings, five blessings, mm-hmm. which the guy that made my sign at the shop really got a kick out of because he made a fortune changing our name <laughs> at the store. And I ruined the kitchen with dye. The process was just everything you change in a candle. If you change the temperature, it changes the look. If you change the wick, it changes the burn. If you change the fragrance load, it changes the scent. And so it was just a lot of trial and error, which I am so thankful for because I don't take for granted the process. And I also totally am self-taught. So I can say that our product is a little bit different than other candle makers that just learned watching a YouTube video. So I'm very, very thankful for the process. And it was maybe a year of us tinkering around with it. I mean, in the hours on the phone, well, should we try this? Well, should we, you know? And like, for example, it says to use a tiny bit of dye. And I'm in my kitchen at the time. And I thought, well, that probably means a tablespoon. And literally, when they say tiny bit of dye, it means maybe a a smidge. So I remember getting yellow dye on my hands, then yellow dye on my phone, which was attached to the wall, then yellow dye on the wallpaper that was attached to the phone that was attached to the wall. You know, it just, just, it doesn't come out. We learned the hard way, but we also learned this a very appreciative way of making candles. I love that. There is something really cool about taking your time because there is no other way to figure it out. I think if someone shows it to you, you don't appreciate it without going through the trial and error. I think if it's just shown to you, you you go, oh, that's an easy process. Well, really, it wasn't. Really, it was a big deal to get this figured out. And I know it's not brain surgery. I know all of that. But it definitely makes you appreciate the process. For sure. Yeah. And then there's there's a gal pouring in my studio right now. And one of my big, the big things I say to people when I'm teaching them how to pour is everybody makes cookies. And the cookies have chocolate chips and flour and sugar. But everybody does it a little differently. And just because you do it differently, as long as the product ends up with the same integrity, then we're good, right? So I'm going to show you a lot of things that can't change, like the temperature. They have to be poured at this temperature. But go ahead and add your little flair to it. You know, mm-hmm. as long as it's consistent, I'm fine. It's like having someone else in your kitchen. Just because you do it a little differently doesn't mean it's right or wrong. But I'm also telling you that there's things you can't change, like the temperature and the amount of dye you put in and the amount of fragrance you put in, you know, things like that. And the wick you use. So there's, there's just the process. Yeah. And that's beautiful in its own way, because I'm sure there's also the little bit of an ownership of the end product of like, I'm part of this creative process. You're honoring that it's a creative process. And then in the end, the love that comes out in the product is probably amplified completely. Well, and it's funny you should say that because I won't let people pour unless they're in a good mood, which sounds so hokey. But I'm like, I, I had, remember I had a gal come in and she had had some absolutely traumatic things happening in her life. And I was just like, you know, you can't pour today. You're crying. I don't want that showing up in my candle. You know, I'll still pay you, but go home. So <laughs> I'm so appreciative of it that you have to be thankful and in a good good place when you're pouring them. You just have to be. And there, I've had times in my life that I wasn't necessarily in a good place. And I think it showed in my product. For example, my divorce, you know, it, it, it was kind of like walking through quicksand and make a candle. And I was like, that's because I wasn't in a good frame of mind while I was. So I make sure I am at this point. I want that happiness to go home mm. in a flicker to everybody. 
I think that's really honoring joy. I mean, when we look at even the basis of the show, it like makes really good sense to make sure that you're aligned and in a good place just in general. And, and I very much try and approach every angle of this show in a very similar way, which is I don't even want to make like I make sure I'm doing my show notes when I'm in a good frame of mind. Like I make my images when I'm like, yeah, I really feel into this. And it does make a difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Huge. And don't fight if you're not in that spot or that frame of mind. Wait for it to come. And it will. It always does. It'll come back. But if you're not in that happy, joyous spot, then then just lay low for a bit. It'll come back. Yeah, it will. And I think there's also something about honoring what do I need in this moment? Like, okay, I'm not into it, but like, gosh, a walk outside would really feel good. Yeah, my biggie is the movie Waitress. Uh, It's one of my favorites. And if I'm in a bad mood, I can watch Waitress. I'm immediately in a much better mood. So that works pretty good. You know, but yeah, you know, go through the process to get there. Just do it. Honor it. Get there. I will often listen to boy band music when I'm trying to just get out of the place. So yes, I get it. Oh, I love this so much. I think this really ties into the creative process. You come up with some really interesting and very creatively named scents for your candles. Yeah, there's I'm the Boss Applesauce. There's a Clean Undies with very clean laundry scent. You know, when we started, there wasn't like unique scented candles. There was cinnamon apple. There was cinnamon vanilla. There was vanilla, you know, which have kind of made a comeback. Those classic grandma fragrances i think people are really longing for the days when it was just cinnamon apple and just those days that were just so simple so uh, fragrances are very much like uh fashion some go out of style and some come back yep there was a fragrance i did just by accident and it went totally wrong and ended up smelling just like marijuana and so i named this candle puff the magic dragon and it was quite popular but i could not find a time to pour it because I was making all of downtown historic Weston smell like marijuana, and I had to finally give it up. So, uh, yeah, it, it, half the fun is is making the scent and then naming the scent. I've made scents before that had maybe the wrong name and they didn't do well, but then the minute I tinkered with the name, it did much better. Mm, you know, it, it's yeah. kind of a whole package thing. It needs right. to be the right name and the right scent. How do you come up with the scents? Is it tinkering and you kind of come up with something or is it you go in thinking I really wish that I could create something that smells like you know fresh laundry and you kind of go after it how do you approach it well a lot of it is memory a lot of it is I'm just going off a memory for example a perfect story is there was a fragrance I bought called white mountain sage and sage is supposed to release negativity and all of that stuff and I'm pouring it and I immediately go my memory, my mind immediately goes to my aunt's oral funeral. And Mm -hmm. I'm probably eight years old digging in my mom's purse for a stick of gum. And I could never get a full piece of gum. She split it in half. And then there was usually like, I don't know, Bic pin stuck to it and and (laughs) Kleenex. And and anyway, I'm pouring this, this candle and I went, this smells like the bottom of my mom's purse. So I named it the bottom of my mom's purse. And I can tell you universally, everybody that smells that candle goes, you're right. That smells like the bottom of my mom's purse. doesn't matter the age, nothing. Everybody says that. Now, how did I name that candle White Mountain Sage? Okay. But you name it the bottom of mom's purse. And I mean, I I watched it 
millions of times throughout the years of people picking it up and sniffing it and going, that is the bottom of my mom's purse. Mm. Well, it's really White Mountain Sage, but everybody's mom's purse smell like that. You know, everybody's mom's purse. Well, and it's magical because you're connecting, and there's something really interesting in here. You're connecting the, a memory with scent, and scents are one of our most powerful memory connectors. You know, if I can come across my, my grandmother's perfume, I'm three, you know, like there is, there's no way that I can not snap back to a really powerful moment. Absolutely. Good and bad. But yeah, it definitely takes you back to different scenarios or different memories for sure. And um, I remember a gentleman that came in the store and he started tearing up and he said, this smells like my late wife, Mm. you know? Yeah. And just things like that. It's just, it's so emotional. Scents are so emotional, so emotional. And uh, that was, that is something that, but it it needs a good name too. You know, it needs a really good name. So that's the fun part. Well, and I think that's the nudge of the joy of it. So for listeners, I I had the the joy of visiting your shop several times while Marsha lives in Kansas. (laughs) My parents used to live in Kansas City. And so I would visit and we would happen to make a road trip out to her shop and and out to another little town nearby. And it was such a treat to be able to have the whole experience, to meet you and meet the person making the candles was fascinating. I mean, the way you had it laid out was just for listeners, each of the candles would be in a little votive and you could pull it and sniff each of them. And so it really was fun to see what you'd named it. Yeah, the sniff from the cup has an interesting story. When I first opened, you could not smell anything in my store. I mean, absolutely nothing in my store. And I was distraught. Because I made them all in the back, of course, and I was totally distraught. And I'll never forget this guy. You know how God sends people your way, and he mm. comes in my store. And I was like, sir, I wish you could smell something, but you can't smell anything. I've been pouring candles, and there's just too many smells in here. And he ended up being a KU professor. And he told me, he goes, honey, you need to put them in individual cups. He goes, it's like walking in a locker room, and you know it stinks, but you don't know who smells which way. And he probably saved my business. And so I went and put them on little individual cups and instructed everybody that came in to sniff from the cups so they could actually smell what's what. And it worked perfectly. I'm fascinating. uh, Yeah. I think of him all the time. When the story comes up, I'm like, I wish I could find him and say, thank you so much. You know, Uh, 30 years later, I still am indebted to you for showing me that. And although now we are exclusively online, which I'm thankful for because it would gross me out to have everybody sniff from the cup right now. Right. You know, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch people do that right now. Maybe someday again, but not right now. I can mm-hmm. honestly say every candle I send to you via online hasn't had any other noses on it, which is a good thing. Yeah. You kind of referenced that you no longer have a storefront. What has that been like for you to move from being somebody that's really front and center and involved and in the shop and greeting people? What has it been like to go online and um, and change up a business completely? Well, I tell you what, the first thing that screamed bloody murder was my ego. I literally spent all day being kind of the center of attention. And now I'm like, okay, uh, let's go make some candles. And I had to do a little soul searching of what I'm still doing is of value. And the other thing that, that happened a little bit with retail is you would put your, your success on what the register showed. And that's not necessarily your success. That's not necessarily a successful day right? There's yeah. so much more to it than that. And frankly, it's a little shallow to just go, oh, I had a really, I made a money maker day. And that really wasn't why I started doing it. And it's not why I do it. And so 
but yeah, at first I was like, no one's really laughing at all my jokes and I'm calling talk radio for someone to talk to. And I missed it very much at first. I missed it very, very much at first. And then I went, no, the reason this happened this way is at the time my adult son needed hip surgery and I was there for him. And which is the whole reason I went into business for myself was to be there for people in my circle that needed me. My grandson was born here. I have four in Georgia and I have one here in in the Kansas City area. And and I was able to spend a lot of time with him. And and that really is truly why I chose doing what I could do this way so I could be there for my kids and my family. And it's like having a toddler. Even when you're away from the store, you're thinking about the store. It's just a lot. This is this is really good for right now. I have to I have to underline what you said about how retail sometimes you can get wound up in measuring success by what the re- the register is reading. And I feel like there's definitely like a parallel because we have a lot of people that listen that are online coaches or entrepreneurs of some sort that mostly are online and we get so hung up on likes and followers and downloads and like all those numbers. And so I started talking about the idea of like playing small and getting really focused on the thing that matters. And so I love that you said it's the why. Like, why did I go into this? It wasn't for the register. It was so that you could spend time with the people that you love and be there for them in a meaningful way. So thank you. I, I oh, So good. That's really delicious. It is. I mean, it, it genuinely, and, and we, you know, you're touching on that. I, I do the same thing. We post, and we talked about a little bit how horrible I am at social media. And but I, I catch myself getting only 11 people like that. What's wrong with that? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's absolutely perfect. You know what I mean? And so you can't calibrate it to that. Yes, so true. So this is running on Thanksgiving. And I'm really excited to share it because over Thanksgiving, we would always go to visit my parents in Kansas City. And oftentimes then, you know, the day before, or the day after, we would we would be in Weston and we would get to see your shop. And, and that was really part of a tradition that was, I mean, I think anchored in something that was like, it was a family event and a, and a road trip and a fun thing to do with a family all together. And, and so um, I'm really, thank you for being on today and kind of sharing that day with, with me in a new way. You're welcome. How cool is it to be a part of people's memories by just what you create? You know, if you think about it, birthdays have candles, weddings have candles. There's so many celebrations that have candles. And I absolutely love thinking about how I'm impact. My product is impacting people's lives that way as happy memories or sad memories. For example, today I got an online order for someone whose beloved cat had passed away and they were sending a condolence package to, to the people who, who had, you know, lost their pet. And I thought, what an honor that that I in my own little way can send them something that that cheers them up a bit and to be there for you guys for Thanksgiving in a weird way you know I mean I wasn't your Thanksgiving by any sense but to be there for your memories is just really cool well and there is something it's that connection again of like memory and scent is like yeah I can go back to a place where my this might even make me tear up a little bit but like where my family is all together just by the scent right? Like one of my favorites I mentioned was um, you're the boss applesauce, which is delicious. And when I when I burn it, I mean, especially right now when I cannot be, I mean, at least our family has not bubbled together in that way, but like I cannot be with them in the same way. But yet there's a memory of a time when we could all hug and 
you know, dog pile on the couch or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think there's that really interesting space of the memory and the scent and the and there's a very like visceral, it's like very somatic <laughs> uh, response to it. Funny story is my dad was a barber at Stadium Barbershop in the 1960s in Lawrence, Kansas, which no one had their hair cut ever in the 1960s at Lawrence. But I have a scent called Stadium Barbershop and it smells just like his barbershop. It's there's just memories. Just being able to be a part of that and help people with those memories is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What kinds of traditions do you either enjoy on Thanksgiving or are you guys trying out anything new this year since we're kind of all in a weird space of being maybe a little more distanced than we would like? Yeah. It's funny. My, uh, my husband adores Christmas. He likes to walk in the house and it literally looks like you know, Christmas is thrown up everywhere in our house. And having been for years in retail, we're a blended family. Uh, Jack and I have been together for 10 years, married for six. But, and so he missed all my retail years where literally after I decorated the shop, by the time I got home, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to decorate here. So my children remember this plastic Christmas tree that had glitter that swirled in it that uh, that I would just literally put on the coffee table and turn it on and go, yep, Christmas is done, <laughs> that type of thing. So Thanksgiving, uh, one year it broke, and my daughter searched high and low everywhere for a duplicate of this Christmas tree. And um, this year I'm going to be able to make a big production and set it out and go, look, it's Christmas, the tree is here. So uh, <laughs> that's one of the things we're going it, to, it's funny, but we'll still have the rest over the top decorations going on as well. And I think that's important this year is to, even even if you're just going to be home by yourself, you know, with just very few people around you, just go through the motions of Christmas, you know, just do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's going to be kind of hard to do and hard to accomplish with just the vibe all over the place, but I think yeah. it's important for us to, to feel and smell Christmas this year and Thanksgiving. Just, yeah. Let's just, let's just push through and do it. Kind of like exercising. Let's just do it. Right. Yeah. So I'm pouring Christmas now, like we're pouring Fraser fur as I speak, I usually wait to pour a few of the, like my favorites. I have one called Baby Jesus, which mm -hmm. is baby powder. And in uh, Psalm 45, 8 talks about how his robes are anointed in aloe, cassia, and myrrh. But anyway, I take those three scents, aloe, yeah. cassia, myrrh, and baby powder and call it Baby Jesus. And I purposely won't let myself pour that until the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Because, <laughs> because then to me, it's like, okay, it's Christmas now. Yeah. Well, and I, I do love what you've just said about really kind of almost allowing ourselves the holidays. It almost feels like it's a permission thing. I don't know if that's true, but like right. we can still enjoy this. And maybe everyone does have one thing that is like, ah, the, it's the holidays now, whether that's, uh -huh. you know, we uh, we break out it's our water globe of the, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and like yeah. start it. Like, so I feel like there's something like you said, go through the motions of it and allow yourself to experience it and see those things because there's a connection through to years past when things were different. How many years did we spend doing it for everybody else? This year, we have the opportunity to do it just for us. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to decorate the house just for my husband and I, where in years past, I did it because the in-laws were coming or, you know, we had a Christmas party, things that we may not be doing this year. So in a, in a kind of selfish way, let's do it for us. Let's do it just for us. Yeah, I like that a lot. Right? 
And maybe it's also thinking about what would, what are the small things that would make it feel more joyful or more connected just for you? Not like you're saying, not for anybody else, but what is it? What does this celebration and this season mean to you? What could you be grateful for today? And, and what do you want to bring forth into your world right now? So the rest of the year is amazing or happier. <laughs> I think that is one thing COVID has taught us is just the importance of things. Correct. Yeah. It was really easy to, to just be in the, the rat race of it all. And it's made us slow down and really appreciate things. I haven't been able to, to see my parents, you know, and I want to see them. And, and I'm not going to take it for granted when I do. So maybe that's the lesson in all of this is that we, we slow down and realize what's important and all of that. I'm, I have to look at it that way or I, I, go, I go into a big funk. There has to be something we're learning here. There has to be something. I had a friend talk about she just lost her father, I believe. You know, he'd been sick for a long time. And she said, there wasn't anything to do, but I could feel everything shifting. And everything was changing, even though there was nothing for me to do. And that it was all settling different. And like, that idea of this time is like, it feels like that to me. There's not a lot to do. I mean, I don't even know what to, to make of most of what's happening. Absolutely. You know, where I can see action to take, I do. But then it's also like I can feel everything's changing, too. It's it's a bizarre time, for sure. So one of the things that I love to ask people this year is, is there a time or a place that you've found yourself in the messy middle? And how did you either find your way out of it? Or were there things in the midst of it that you, looking back, could see as a lesson learned? Yes. Messy middle to me is just as important as the good times. When God gives you something that is your purpose, that is completely a hundred percent, a thousand percent gift from him. I have a story about I needed a box that would hold 12 candles. And uh, the kids were little, they were four and five, and I'm going through a drive through And I woke up that morning saying, Lord, I know you're busy, but I need a box. I need a box that'll hold 12 candles. And we go through a, a fried chicken place and they hand us a drumstick and a biscuit, and that box will exactly hold 12 candles. I mean, exactly. So I pulled back around the drive through where'd you guys get your boxes? I need these boxes. So this, is, this entire process for me has been so anointed and a gift from God. And even the little things that I needed to know, he helps me out with, the little tiny things. So to me, the messy middle is when God is saying, let this part go, which is just as important as when he's saying, I'm giving you this gift. And so um, that's where we kind of balk at it a little bit, the messy middle. Well, we've always done it this way. No, it's supposed to change. This, gift mm -hmm. from, this, this is a gift from God that is always going to change, always going to change. Uh, not like a gift from someone else. Say someone gives you a a vase. It's going to stay the same forever. But anything I find that comes from um, heaven and from God changes constantly. And that's where we get our, our little nuggets of faith. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, yesterday you gave me this, but today it's different. Well, I'm just going to have faith that you're going to change that into something even better. Right? Yeah. I'm going to mm. start crying. Yeah, uh, me too. And, <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's the thing to me. The messy middle is just as important as the parts that aren't messy. It's just as important. There's something in there you're supposed to learn. There's something in there you're supposed to change. There's something in there that you're supposed to appreciate and value and maybe let go. Maybe let go. That's really deep. And I think 
the human spirit so very much wants to fight against impermanence. Like we want everything to just be the same. Like we would love that. And that's not how it is ever. And so I think that's like kind of the existential question of like, how do we accept impermanence, even though we want everything to stay the same and then looking to the, the bigger why. Yeah. And change is scary. I mean, I am such a creature of habit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I like it. I mean, I've got the same flannel fuzzy pajamas that I bring out every day. It gets cold. You know, I mean, <laughs> I like the same. And mm-hmm. so it's, that is the, I think the biggest thing that I, as I get older and hopefully a little wiser is just to realize that, you know, it, it's said over, over and over. The only constant is change. And just to embrace that as much as the everyday ins and outs of things. So. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. That was so good. So, of course, it is Thanksgiving. And so we're entering into this season of of giving. And I'm really drawn this year to looking for gifts for the holiday season that are from a a person, (laughs) you know, an entrepreneur that that you guys have put your heart into this. So what are you doing at Five Blessings for the holidays? And is there anything that you're putting out special for the season? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, the Christmas scent we're doing this year is mistletoe, juniper berry, ho-ho-ho, which is a cinnamon pine, bergamot and sage, Santa's whiskers, which is patchouli and gingerbread, because you know Santa's a hippie and he has cookie crumbs in his whiskers, you know. Baby Jesus, we talked about spice waffle, which is cinnamon and orange. Jingle Bells, which um, actually my fragrance, I can't lay claim to this one. My fragrance guy made this one and it's just phenomenal. So, you know, let alone just the scent. Oh, Fraser Fur. You can't forget that one. I mean, there's just, just the scent in itself. But I've also found a company that takes champagne bottles, a beautiful green champagne bottle, and they make it into a, a candle holder, like a 12-ounce candle holder that has gone through a process called aniline. So it will withstand the heat from a flame. And I'm pouring a beautiful pine Christmas scent in that. So we'll have that jar available. And it's got some really good artwork on the front of it. And then we're also doing a 12-pack that is the 12 days of Christmas. And each little votive will have a different day topper mm-hmm. on it. So we're doing that as well. Our gift tubes will be wrapped in Christmas paper that I buy from a gal on Etsy that actually makes the paper. And, you know, this is a trickle down from it all. I try to make sure that everything I'm doing is, isn't mass produced as well. So there's a lot uh-huh. of little trickle down in it. And I have to say, I love the tubes because there's six votives in there. You can do three or six. And <laughs> right now, just because everything is so funky out there, I decided that I would, and I'll do this through Christmas as well, I'm sure. But so six votives and a votive holder is $24. I wanted to make it at a very affordable price because I'm feeling the need to just you know, spread the cheer as much as everybody else is. So, and I think shipping on top of that is seven fifty. So for what is that? 30, 32 50 or whatever that comes up to, you've got a really nice little something coming in the mail with a card. It'll say whatever you want. And and just to kind of help, let's spread some joy. Let's spread some joy around here. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Are you pouring Mary? Did you know? Is that another one of them? Mary? Did you know? Not yet, but we will. That's definitely a favorite. I don't. That one's super, super good. Well, and I will link up to your shop and your Instagram and all the things. Marsha, thank you so much for being on this week. This is such a treat. And thank you for sharing and dropping so much wisdom. The last question that I love to ask everyone is, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life 
in the world or in other people's lives? The biggest thing for me is let's, I'm going to be a little cheerleader here, but let's share the joy, be it via you send candles to someone that makes them happy or anything, a plant, you know, cookies, whatever. Let's, let's be little uh, conductors of joy. Let's, let's, let's try and do that. We need to share the joy somehow. We need to up our, up our ante here in joy. And I think we can each help each other out by doing that. I really do. I think that's pretty important right now that we, that we encourage and get happiness from the little stuff while everything seems so out of control. I like the imagery of conductors of joy, both from the kind of being in front of a (laughs) orchestra, but also like the electrical version of like, I'm, I pass my joy to you and you pass it to the next person. Yeah, I love it. Right. Let's do it. I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader this season for that. And Mm -hmm. random. Oh, I I love the idea of just randomly. I mean, I really hope the, the Christmas spirit and the Thanksgiving spirit catches on this year. Not, we overlooked it for so many years, didn't we? Kind of to a degree yeah. as a society, you know? I just hope it's a magical season. I genuinely do. I think we and, can. And we can, we can create that. We can do that. We can make that happen. So true. Do it. Thank you so much for being on. It's been such a treat to have you. Ah, thank you so much. It was fun. Marsha, thank you so much for being on the show this week. It is such a treat to have you on for Thanksgiving. I hope that everyone listening will now go order some candles <laughs> from Marsha over at 5B and Co. You can find the links to all of the information about Marsha and her amazing candles over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 273. And while you're on the website, you can sign up for my newsletter. Each week, I send out some behind the scenes information. And this week, I will also have some links over to some of my favorite things around the web if you're looking for ideas for joyful gift giving. So be sure and check that out on the website. And I really hope that all of you have an amazing Thanksgiving or had an amazing Thanksgiving. I am deeply grateful and thankful that you are tuning in this week. And always, it really means a lot to me that you are in the audience and that you tune in and that you make time for Jumpstart Your Joy every week. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) I hope that you have a very joyful holiday season. I hope you'll come on back next week where I have a brand new interview, this time with a mother and daughter. I'm talking to Lan Cow and Harlan Margaret Van Cow, and they are the authors of Family in Six Tones. Lan is a refugee mother having immigrated to the United States in 1975 from Saigon, Vietnam. And her daughter, Harlan, grew up very much American, and they have written a beautiful first-person memoir that jumps back and forth between their two stories of coming of age. It is exquisite, and it was such a treat to get to interview them both. So you will get to hear that next week. I hope you'll come on back for that interview. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. 